You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Fly on the Call. Today we're kicking off the second week of daily new episodes with the one and only Telethon. They were one of the earliest guests on the podcast all the way back on episode two, and I've returned for part of this Road to 100 celebration to talk about their brand new album, Swim Out Past the Breakers. This record is some of their best work to date, with their signature frantic genre changes, features galore, and positive energy. We're talking all about making the record themselves throughout the pandemic, which allowed them to add plenty of extra flourishes, the role and goals of collaboration with outside artists, and a bit of gushing over both Jiraiya and Fish for good measure. Enjoy the ride. Telethon played their first show back. Tell me some more about it. Yeah, it was actually last Saturday. It was an outdoor show at um, the, the, the Madison, Wisconsin, like University of Wisconsin Union Terrace thing, which is like this big, it was like way bigger than I thought. It was, in, it, it was like this big outdoor patio sort of thing where there was like hundreds of people, but it was all outdoors. So it was cool. And we just, it felt really good to rock. We we spent like all week preparing because we were like our first show back. We need to make sure we don't suck, um, and that we remember how to play our songs. I thought I wouldn't remember how to play our songs, but like it was like I don't know. It was like learning how to ride a bike again. It really was like, and I'm not someone who playing a guitar comes super naturally to. Like my bandmates are all more musically talented than me, but so I had like some serious anxiety about like will I be able to do this like after a year and a half away? And I, I knew I would, but I thought it would be a lot more full of friction than it actually was. It was like it, the set went perfect. Like I couldn't have asked for better like environment sound. Like it really was the best show back uh, we could have asked for. Yeah. And we're playing with the rap boys tomorrow. Oh, and that's nice. going to be great. Can't wait. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, obviously the first show back after a year and a half. I mean, I know the the recording process for the album was, you know, very elongated and also like kind of intense, kind of emotional as well. I'd love to hear like kind of a bit more about that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we started writing these songs like 2019 after heart. We usually wait until after the record that we just made is released to start writing the next one. So like, it was probably like fall or winter of um, 2019 when we started this and we were like, Hey, this is like gearing up to be something that we could probably record in the year 2020 in the normal way, like go out to our, our buddy Jack Shirley's studio and like make a trip out of it and and all that. Um, But then of course, 2020 happened. And like many bands, we were forced to, to make the record all ourselves and, like we started making it actually 
weird. I bet it was about a year ago today. Like we started recording it a year ago today. Um, just coincidentally, maybe it was like a year ago tomorrow, but it was beginning of August and yeah. So like a full year we've been sitting on it and there was kind of an, yeah, it was kind of an arduous, uh, long drawn process. We, we definitely had to cancel a recording like weekend because COVID was hitting so hard um, at some point around maybe October or so, like we were, we just kind of called an audible and we were like, I don't think it's responsible for us to be meeting like in this like hot studio. Like, even if we get tested, it just seems a little like a shitty idea. So, but we, we finished it. The record's done. We're really happy with it. I think it sounds like maybe better than anything we made. And that's not a knock on, on Jack Shirley's studio work, but I just think like we were able to add so much, we had so much time to, to add kind of decoration to it that it just sounds like the record I've always wanted to make, to be honest. Yeah. That reminds me of um, the wonder years, the greatest generation. They like, after they recorded in the studio, they took like a lot of time in uh, like Nick's personal studio, like adding harmonies and like little, you know, extra parts and stuff. And it's like, I feel like yeah, you can really yeah. tell that on both of these albums. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Like we, in the future, like to add, like, cause you're paying for studio time typically. And so you, even if you want to add a ton of stuff, like sometimes you just can't make it happen. Like maybe you don't have a studio booked. Um, I mean, you know, for us, like the record uh, in the past, the record was done when it was done. Like when our, when our trip out to California with Jack Shirley was done, like that was what we had put to wax. And we usually didn't mess around except for like, like maybe guest vocals and and some uh, orchestra stuff um like we'd add that after but like for the most part it was all done but like that's another thing that is both a blessing and a curse like because we made it ourselves in our own studio in milwaukee we were able to just keep working on it for months and months and months which is again like for people who are kind of obsessive like all of us <laughs> are kind of trying to make the best thing possible like at some point you just got to say you know we gotta, we gotta put our hands down and, and, and be done with this and send it off to be mixed and mastered. And, and yeah, I, I, I think, I think in the future, yeah, we'll have to find a middle ground for, cause the harmonies and all the extra stuff, I think really make it, you know, I think the record's better for it, but we got to find a way to do it practically. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I was actually, I listened back to the conversation we had for episode two of the podcast today. Um, and you were kind of like talking about how, hard pop was like almost this culmination of like everything the band had wanted to do up to that point. And you weren't really sure like kind of where you were going to go next. Oh, did I say that? That's great. So like, what, what does that kind of like make swim out past the breakers for you? Yeah, that is a good perspective. Cause like, yeah, I remember feeling like we had made something so emblematic of the band we were trying to be at that point. And I, of course I love hard pop. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's great, but also, you know, it's a very zipped up kind of clean record. Like it is, I mean, it, it's, we, we can't really do things without making it sound, I don't know, some degree of grand grandiose and like maybe theatrical, but, but like on this, on this record, probably because we, I don't know, it was just a little bit more wooly and loose and, and we had more time to do it. We, it's 16 songs long. It's like 47 minutes, but it doesn't have like a, uh, cohesive theme necessarily like it's not telling a story like some of our you know <laughs> a certain other extremely long <laughs> album we made once was 
I personally, I think we all agree like this at this point is, is like the apex of what we've done. I think we always just are like the new thing is the best thing. Um, but like this truly feels like with the amount of, I don't know, genres we tried to try to work in and think about and, and like the amount of experimentation we were able to do, like this feels like this now to me, and I'm sure I'll say the same thing, the next record and episode 300 of your podcast um, or, or whatever, um, I'll probably tell you that, that, that whatever we're making then is, is the new, the new hotness, but, but this feels like the record when, when I started telethon, like this feels like the, the type of music I subconsciously wanted to make and we had room to make it. And it just is saying everything I wanted to, everything I wanted to say. And it kind of also acts, I mean, it's our fifth album and it kind of acts as almost like a, um, it's the last album of my twenties. Like I just turned 30 and it feels like, like it kind of takes themes and, and thoughts from the first four albums and, and, and puts it into something, something new, um, that also feels distinctively like, you know, like us. So that was a long drawn out answer for you. No, I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And like what you were saying about hard pop being like super polished and like, you know, very kind of like this cohesive piece. And then like that mixed with what you're saying about, you know, both the process of this album and the kind of like combining all that stuff. It's like telethons version of back to the basics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everything had to have a purpose on this record. Um, so I don't know, like, like it, it, it there, there's, Part, there's songs that end with long instrumentals and like there's not any sort of reason we did like that we did that necessarily besides that we've always wanted to have a song that has a coda so the album version of checker drive the only difference is that it has this long um instrumental coda at the end and then like positively clark street has a long instrumental like there's not any thematic reason we add that it's just those are cool parts we wanted to put in songs and and we and we we included them in the songs just just because but there's not really a I, it was freeing to just be like, yeah, we can just make a rock record. We can just make an album that is ha us having fun and doing cool stuff just, just for fun. It doesn't need to be this doesn't need to be defined or, or super tight or uh, not tight, but like it just doesn't need to be a super polished like thing, whatever we make in this period of time, that's so unique and, and strange for everybody. Like that is the, this that will be what this record is like whatever we whatever we create that's what we're putting out and so that was like a, a fun freeing sort of thing yeah i think that you know especially shines through for me and like gene's keys like i feel like they both blend in really nicely and like shine through so well in certain parts he put in he put gene put in work on this album. <laughs> he wrote um he wrote that outro of uh, positively clark street um that's his composition um, we transposed it to be in a different key, but like he wrote, it was his totally uh, total idea. And he also, there's a song called Marlin Spike on the record um, that is 100% his instrumental comp. Like it, he wrote all of the instrumentation. So that's a new thing. I, don't, I think the last time we had that, that Gene wrote a song, it was on our very first album Witness, which was like when we just were just like, what is, what is this? thing this is just all of us that 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 actually witness which we also made by ourselves feels felt in spirit kind of like this record when while we were making it because it was just 
kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what what stuck so yeah so does that that kind of like change the mentality that come come kind of with the circumstances or was it like did it seem to be bubbling up beforehand that's a good question i i don't even i think that circumstances really i think at some point we were just like hey that we want to make a record it won't come out in 2020 this will be our first year where we don't release a, a record that's fine but let's at least make a record let's not wait and yeah we we the fact that and we knew we weren't going to be able to go anywhere because nobody was able to go do anything at the point at the at in august 2020 besides within their like kind of covid pods um way back when and hopefully that won't fully come to fruition in in the next couple of weeks or whatever it won't be round two of that completely but but it was like but but the fact that we were all just like as much time as we need um as much as much uh experimentation as we want to do we're on we're not paying for it we're on our own dime because alex and eric and the band they're the people who tracked the whole thing so i think yeah circumstances are what made what made it as kind of woolly and expansive as it ended up being yeah and i mean with hard pop kind of being like your first step into like a more personal writing style for you know like later stage telethon music um, and that being kind of like a last minute change from the concept album that it was going to be like, what was it kind of like for in comparison with sink or swim or I mean, swim out past the breakers. Sink or swim might be a better, better <laughs> title. It can be, it can be an alias. No, uh, no, I, yeah. So I didn't even consider, I don't think I even considered writing this, this thing as a concept of any sort. Um, I think I had such a good experience with that kind of blowing up the whole concept on hard pop and just rewriting the whole thing to be more personal like that that was just so cathartic in a way and and it came so it was so fun to write those lyrics I think I just was like this needs to be kind of just the big version of hard pop like the longer little bit more experimental version of hard hard pop and like expanding on some of those ideas adding in some new ideas and keeping the voice of the of the you know narrator i.e me uh kind of the same kind of consistent and and it worked i mean like it i wrote i definitely am a procrastinator and so all of the lyrics for this like the 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 instrumentation we actually had recorded by the end of our session in in august like we had all of the instrumentation like the basic instrumentation done and in my, you know, Google, in our Google drive, ready to listen to by the time we were done with our first set of recording sessions in August. But then I had like, then I had about three to four months to write lyrics for it. And of course I waited until like the last two weeks of that three to four months. So, and that, that's just like fun. That's, I, I always tell, I, I don't know if I always talk about this, but but like painting myself into a corner and making it so the only way I can get something done is if I kind of claw my way out and in, in like a quick, quick sort of like no wasted time effort. Like I always feel like even though that's stressful for me, it ends up being a really good product rather than if I really like carefully, I don't know, constructed things. I, I don't know if I could if I could do something where where I, I'm where where I'm like planning it out months in advance as far as like writing lyrics because of course i could have i I could have written lyrics for these songs like right when i got them i could have started and i think i did a little bit 
but for the most part, they were all done in one fell swoop. And I just get, get into this like mode of, of like buzzy energy and, you know, I'll, I'll just work for, for hours, just kind of like crafting. I know the melodies, so I, but I'm just writing words to fit the melodies that we have. So I feel like that uh, writing style for you, like makes it like a cool little snapshot of the time. And it also kind of like lends to kind of like the urgency or like the, I don't know, like something that's always appealed to me is like the swinging style of your melodic, uh, of your vocal melodies. And like, you really do like, you can cram a lot of words in there in a really cool way. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks. It's not intentional. I think that's just the way it, that's just the way it is. I think that's the way it's always been when I've tried to write lyrics. I think I'm just kind of like, for better or for worse, kind of verbose. I like talk a lot and, and, and I don't know. Somebody one time ta- called it, uh, said that I use a lot of $10,000 words and, uh, or maybe it was just $1,000 words. Well, there you go. Make it bigger than it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So that's so like me to do that. No, but I took it as kind of, I think they meant it almost kind of, uh, as a, as a criticism. And I kind of, I used to worry about it and now I really don't. I'm just like, whatever comes out of me, like at least it's honest. I'm not trying to be anything I'm not. Um, so yeah, I just kind of have to fit. I, I have to fit the phrases into the melodies uh, and, and vice versa. And, and sometimes that, that is kind of more of like a talk singy sort of thing. And it's never, I never know what I'm going to do exactly. It, and it only comes when it comes time to, to write the the lyrics of of everything like that's when those sorts of interesting moments start to, to coagulate in my uh in my head I, i'm glad you like it though glad you like it and you mentioned kind of earlier like the 16 tracks on the album which you know you're no stranger to ambitious track listings but i mean coming off of like hard pop and modern abrasive it is kind of you know a bit more than we've seen from telethon lately i'm, I'm just kind of curious what like you know, the thought on that and like kind of the overall structure of the album was. Um, the, this was one, I think just like hard pop, this was one where the track order means nothing. Um, we just sequenced it to be the most, like what we thought flowed the best. So don't read into like, there's not any sort of careful plotting of that. Uh, like there, like there have been in the past, the 16 songs is just like, I, we actually had more that we could have done, but we basically had to whittle. I think we had like 17 or 18 that we wanted to do. And we just didn't have time. Uh, there's definitely a couple that, that, well, we didn't have time. And we were just like, we need to self edit a bit, <laughs> you know? And like, we feel like these are really solid songs. We haven't even learned the other two or, or however many there were. So we were just like, let's, let's save those for the next album. And we, we, you know, it, it's, it's everybody, everybody brought their, their a game to recording these, these 16 songs. And, and that's what we felt. We felt like it was whatever we had laid down, like somewhere in there was a, was a record that we, that we could be happy with and, and push out into the world. And it just happened to be 16 tracks long, but you know, ideas wise, I do think it, it contains a lot. I, I, I think I said this to somebody else, but like, it really feels to me like it's a, it's like the sum total of all of my twenties that I'm looking back on. It's almost like, like a mixtape of, of moments of my twenties. Um, but being looked back on by someone who's approaching 30, I guess, not that I'm you know saying I'm some aged and, and wise person, but like, 
I don't know, a lot happens between like when we started this band and I was 23 or 24 and now I'm 30 and, and like you're, these have been the most formative mental health years of my life for sure. And so just looking back and, and having the set of experiences I have, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm super happy with how, like how with the length and like how many, how much we crammed in there and kind of how it reads as a total package. Like I, I'm really stoked for everybody to, to hear it. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, can you talk a little bit more about kind of, um, that, that journey that you've gone through and, you know, how having this outlet has kind of affected it or not? For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I really like most people. I, I don't know. I shouldn't speak for most people, but, but for me anyway, like college was really the point in my life where kind of anxiety took on a name. Like I had always felt these feelings, but I had never known like that, that what I was experiencing was something that everybody who's anybody experiences practically. And like, like I started taking a lot, paying a lot more attention to my mental health, you know, and, and, and like that was in, that was in college. And even if you know the names of things and like, I was a psychology student. So like, that was fascinating to me. It's like, you know, reading your textbook and being like, Oh, I, I experienced these symptoms sometimes like, like learning like what various, you know, mental illnesses are called or even just mental phenomena, like being able to put a name and like a set of characteristics to things that you're feeling can be really helpful. Um, but even when you're, when you're like a senior in college or like just fresh out of college or starting your first job, like you think, you know, all that stuff about yourself, but it was only when I started, um, I don't know. I think, I think it takes time and, and, ex- and experience and, and, you know, I still go, I'm still going through it every day. You know, every day is a new set of, of interesting mental hurdles to jump over. And, 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 but I think that the biggest change for me is that like, I kind of have been through a lot of it now and I've come out the other side, pretty much uh, knock on wood, fairly unscathed. And so I can take all of those experiences where like, I thought something was going to be terrible and it wasn't. And I'm able to tell myself like, Hey, even though you are feeling this dull dread about this thing, like you've done this exact thing, or you felt this exact like symptom before and it ended up fine. It ended up just being this thing. And that's, that's the sort of like, like evolved form, I guess that I, that I have today. And of course, I'm going to be listening to this podcast when I'm, you know, 40 (laughs) or whatever. And I'm going to be like, man, I was, I had no idea what was coming, but but I do feel like we learn, we learn our minds over time. And Telethon has like now looking back, like start starting in about 2014 is when we started the band. And it's now seven years later, which is nuts. Like I can look back at our library of songs and like everything in there, even though I say it wasn't necessarily me talking all the time and it wasn't, but like the ideas were mine and the, phenomenon that i'm describing in the songs is that i'm drawing almost always stuff i'm drawing from my own life i just might be weaving it in kind of a a different thing and so i'm able to look back at at our catalog and and like it's almost like i've kept a journal i've never journaled before but it's but our songs are kind of like a like a long-running journal that i've kept and it's helpful because i i can I, I, it's really obnoxious, but sometimes I'll just be like talking to my girlfriend and I'll, about whatever I'm going through, or whatever we're going, whatever she's going through, 
whatever any of anybody's going through. And I will say, Oh yeah, I wrote a song about that. Here's what, I, and here's like a line I remember from the song. And like, it does sum up like how I feel about that particular thing or how I'm feeling at, at a given moment. And like, it's just a lyric. I'm like this dickhead who's reciting lyrics like they're, but, but I mean, that's, it's helpful. And I hope it's a gift that keeps on giving to, to me because it's useful. I've found it useful over time. And I hope that people can take some solace if they have had experiences similar. I hope, I hope, I hope it can help them too. Yeah, for sure. And then another like thing that I think is kind of similar in a way is like, you know, you're talking about like the, the culmination of your personal experiences. And then, you know, something else on the, this album is, you know, all the features, you know, getting, you know, also bringing in other people's, uh, you know, talents and points of view and stuff in a way. I don't know. Can you just talk a little bit about that process, you know, as far as working remotely and kind of like what level of collaboration there was? I will say that working remotely made it, I feel like there was more precedent for sort of home recording things than there ever have been. Cause we've done features on, on records before. Like, like a lot of the people actually on this record are people that appeared on our big long rock hop or the grand spontanean a couple of years ago. Um, and there's also some new people, it's just what's cooler than like collaborating and like hearing something in someone's voice, telling them like, I think it would sound really cool on this, this album that, you know, and, and don't take this wrong. Don't take this like as me saying anything besides just the fact that, that albums exist forever, but like on this thing that's going to exist forever, like, like that we're creating, like we, we think you'd sound awesome. We admire your work. And, and usually people are pretty receptive to that. And, and it's really just a matter of getting like a good representation of people that we just love and think make great art. Like everybody on our record are uh, everybody who sings on our record or performs an instrument on our record are like, like musical, just amazing musical talents. And it's just fun to, it's fun to make stuff with people. And of course it would be ideal to like, I, I I'd love for it to someday be more of like a creative thing, like co-writing songs with people. But, but in lieu of that, it's, it's fun to just say, Hey, I wrote this, this part, it's a bridge. It, you know, I'm getting tired of my own voice. It'd be really awesome. I think it would sound awesome with your voice. Um, and it's amazing how, how receptive people are to that and how quickly most people are just like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. Um, especially with 2020 or, or actually some of them were still recorded like this year. Like people just had had home home recording equipment and it didn't need to be like perfect sounding because it's all going through the mix and master anyway. But most people sent like great sounding recordings and I couldn't be more happy with how all that all that came out. Yeah, definitely. Like I love seeing like Caitlin West and Jirai on there. And then, you know, like the, the features from like Amy up the Grove and uh, Gary Loris were like, those sound so cool. Like I want to really look into these artists and discover them. And I love that there's kind of like both those sides of it for me too. Yeah. That that's another piece of it. Like, like it's a way of us showing appreciation for like, for example, like Gary Loris is from a band called the Jayhawks who are like, that was like the, that one I couldn't even believe. I was kind of floored because we don't, we don't know those guys or anything. And they're like kind of on the Mount Rushmore of alt country. Um, they're very like, long running great band one of my all-time favorite bands and he's like one of my all-time favorite guitarists and vocalists and and so like the fact that he said yes to that is was mind-blowing but like then there's also i mean there's there's people that 
it doesn't matter how big or small, there's going to be people that, that you hear on the telethon record that maybe you like that they're on there because you're a fan, but maybe you like that they're on there because you weren't a fan and, or you didn't know about them. And now you know what they sound like and you're going to go check out their amazing catalog of music. And with somebody like, yeah, like, like, like Jariah, he has, uh, like his feature is awesome. And he just put out a EP. Like we didn't plan this out, but he just put out an EP a couple weeks ago. That's like truly stunning, like an amazing piece of piece of art. And he's just got such an amazing voice. And I, I hope, you know, for people, he's, he's a DIY artist and, and he's of course on the rise and everything, but I hope, I hope that, that hearing him on the telethon record opens people's eyes to, to their big, small, somewhere in between, um, like that's the whole point of it. It's not, it's not, so I'm like, it's not like I'm trying to collect these guest features or whatever for clout or something. It's like, it's just a matter of making art with people and, and highlighting, creating a snapshot of artists who, who, you know, who you, who you admire at a given time or, or who you think, you know, would fit well on this project. And, and I'm just so stoked that people, like, I think there's a guest on the majority of the songs. And that's just so, that's so cool. That's my favorite parts of the, the record. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of the Jariah feature, it's like, I really pictured his over the top, like theatrical style fitting so well with Telethon, but it was like also really cool to hear him kind of a bit more relaxed than he is in most of his own music. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And, and, and I had heard, cause I had, I was familiar with his, with his work and that we were, I was like, we got to get this guy on, on the record because he's, he's great. And his voice is so instantly recognizable, but the only part I could really think of like that would work. And is, is that low part of self-starter. Um, that's kind of like kind of the chillax portion of the song. It's like the whole song is kind of balls to the wall. And then that part is this almost, I always picture it kind of like an underwater level in a video game. It's, it's, it's like very, very chill. And, and I was like, but but he sings like that on some of some of his songs and it's got a beautiful beautiful he can do it all like he sings high he sings low and i was like yeah do do whatever you want and so he sent and and i my scratch vocal track was just basically what he um like that low like i never thought that it could end like this like just singing like that so he did that but he's like i added in a couple harmonies i hope you don't mind and i look and this dude has sent me like nine harmony tracks and i listen to it i'm like oh my god this transforms the part so much in a way that i didn't even expect um gary loris did that too i i was like feel free to add you know harmonies if you want and he was like yeah i went kind of queen with the queen queen-esque with the with the harmonies i listen i'm like oh my god it sounds like a jayhawk sound uh song now because they are they have amazing vocal harmonies throughout all of their, their music. So yeah, it's like, it's like, that's the sort of thing I, I, I always want to leave it free. Like the only thing that, that basically stays static with guest features for, for us is usually like uh, the lyrics and like the melody. But like, I would just say, go wild, do whatever you want to do. Send me a couple takes and, you know, we can, we can throw it together and, and see what, what fits best and, you know, have fun with it and be creative with it and everybody always rises to the challenge it's like so it's so cool i'm so glad that people sing on our records it's like one of my favorite parts about making music he's going places that jariah yeah for sure yeah he i i found out about him because he uh like right it was probably like last march or something like the end of march or early april like i didn't feel like 
editing an episode that week or whatever. So I was like, let me do a COVID-19 special. Anyone who wants to submit, you know, a quick like clip about themselves, I'll uh, throw it together and put it on an episode. And he like put a cool little clip together. And I was like, oh, let me check him out. And oh God, so good. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah, that's great. And and yeah, it's just so it's so cool. Like when you see when you see people like that rising through the the ranks and, and just like people, like I saw so many people talking about that, that Jiraiya EP. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, my my timeline was just flooded with it. <laughs> yeah, I love that because <laughs> it's like because it's 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 like we get inundated with so much crap like like throughout like the timeline can sometimes be such a source of pain and and just low quality crap and bad news and and everything. So it's great when you see it like glowing with with admiration for, for an artist that rules like that is doing creative shit. That doesn't sound, he, he doesn't sound like anybody no. at all. <laughs> he sounds exactly like him. It's so impressive. This is becoming like the talk about dry <laughs> hour, but, but I I'm cool with it. Like we can keep talking. Love to hear it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like maybe this is a little bit of a stretch, but, um, do you, I know you worked in a Grateful Dead reference on the first uh, line of Positively Clark Street and into the, the flyer for the first show back. And I think it was, you know, when Fish released their last album and I, I was tweeting about it and you were like, oh, hey, I know most of these songs from the uh, from like their shows. And I actually just kind of started getting into jam bands right before the pandemic hit. But I feel like that kind of, you know, collaboration aspect is kind of a connective tissue. So I'd love to hear kind of, you know, about your history with jam bands and what kind of appeals to you about them. Scott, I am so glad you asked me about this. <laughs> I'm probably the only DIY podcast that would. <laughs> See, and I knew that actually, because I remember I have a little mental list of anybody in DIY who's ever expressed interest or talked about fish. I don't really, I don't really, but like I keep a little mental log of like, like people like that. I'm a, I, I mean, me and uh, Gene are both longtime fish fans. Um, I'm a little bit, we, we, I, he likes the dead. I, I have gone through extreme love for, for the dead and also just kind of like, I, I, I get a little bored by the dead sometimes, but of course I love, I love them. And I think, I think they're great. Um, oh man, just, just, just for the record, there are more, there are way more dead references on the record. Um, than just those lines in Positively Clark Street. Uh-huh. I shouldn't that, that say was way just more. the one that like, first stood out to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, um, no, but no, but the other ones are, are hiding. And I, I, I hide these things. I hide these things, Scott, so that people who are tuned in will, will find them and they won't detract from, um, from people listening to the record. It's not like I'm like singing about Wilson and, and the, and, and Gamehenge and things like that, like for, for the fish. Like I'm I'm not writing a bunch of weird fish fish lore into my songs, but I or or dead lore, but I put these little lines in for people to to recognize. And I will say, like positively, Clark Street is the most obvious one because I'm like naming bumper stickers I'm seeing on a car. But then there are um, some that are just nods throughout the rest of the record. So you should listen. You know, next as you listen, you can you can text text me or, or tweet at me or whatever if you think you found other ones or if anybody has. Yeah, I'm definitely more more schooled in fish than oh, that's a good pun. Schooled in fish uh, Aha, than the dead. There you but, go. And I also hey, just made the connection talking. that the Grand Spontanean is your man who stepped in yesterday. Yeah, I yep. And I I was kind of out of love with fish at that point. I, I shouldn't say out of love. I, I I'm way back in my fr- my friends and bandmates call it uh, the phase, which is of course P H A 
se the way you spell faith but um like i i've loved fish forever um since i was like in in sixth or seventh grade i guess that's not forever but for a long time and i started seeing them in 2009 and i actually don't like jam bands that much um i just like the dead and i always have since since about that time i grew up with older kind of college age siblings in the 90s and so of course they're bringing home they they weren't really even jam band people but of course they had some of like the the greatest hits and, and things like that and 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 mostly fish i remember getting caught in a traffic jam on a family road trip in 2000 in the year 2000 and it was like bumper to bumper traffic for straight up like three and a half hours outside of columbus ohio and i was like what the hell is going on and and i was small at the time and my sister who was in college was like finally put two and two together and looked at a bumper some some of the bumper stickers on these cars and realized like there's a certain clientele in these cars. I think this might be this band fish that everybody at school likes. <laughs> I think they're in town. And sure enough, I fa- went back and found the show that that was, and I listened to it, but it's like, that was my first memory. But um, I just think those guys, I mean, just speaking of fish right now, uh, I'm seeing them. Gene and I are going to see them uh, in Indiana on Saturday and Sunday of this week. And in, in, so that dates this conversation a little bit, but um, it's our, it's both of our first time seeing them since I think like I think I figured I was like 2016 I saw them last so it's been it's been a while but I just think like the way they approach live music and the fact that their sets are they have so many songs they have such a catalog to pick from that they can like do a set where they like spell things out with the titles with the first letters of the titles of their songs and like like they just have so much work and like And, and I think that they're very, they're just so musically talented and musically diverse. I think I've sort of tried to adopt that, but without the jamming aspect for, for telethon is like, is like, you can be a band that does everything and you might not do it as well as like the greatest bands of each genre, but, but you can, you can be creative and incorporate, you know, weird, weird genres into your albums. And, and just like, you don't need to sound like any one thing. And people think like fish, I don't know what people think fish sounds like, but it's very rarely accurate. Like you actually listen to what fish sounds like. It's, it's like you, there's so many influences in there and I just think they're so cool. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm making so many connections now with, with your music and your, your love of fish. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I used to kind of shy away. I used to get really pissed off when people would talk, would, 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 you know, bad mouth fish and like, no, you don't even get it, man. Like, like, but now I get, I get what they're saying. I just think those people, you know, there's people who have a preconceived notion about, about a band. And I think like with all the critical reappraisal of, of bands like, like Limp Biscuit that seem to be happening right now, I, I think there's going to be, and there, this, there have been glimmers of this in the, in the zeitgeist in recent years. Like, I think there's going to be, there was a Grateful Dead Renaissance, like that made the Grateful Dead hip again. If you remember um, a couple years ago, like, like the national did that big, like covers compilation of dead songs. I think, I think there's going to be a fish essence and there's, and like, they, they just are, are just doing their thing. And they always have been, and they're making, I think like they just keep getting better and better and, and they haven't really changed much. And um, there's just so much to admire about them. They seem like cool dudes. And they're on fire this tour too. <laughs> I know that I am so excited. I don't know what Gene was just talking to me about what he thinks were, what, what, what we might hear this weekend. And I'm like, I have no idea. I won't know until I see like maybe what they play tonight and tomorrow. And then I will 
maybe have an, a couple guesses, but that's the best thing. It's like you're, I, I should also say like going to their shows and I've been to probably 24 of them, which is like not, not that many, but it's, but it's, it's more than, than the average person, but it's not that many for a fish fan, but like each of their shows is like collecting baseball cards. It's like, you can, you can like, you're collecting songs you've heard. And that's just like inherently addictive and fun and, and, and a different dynamic than most, most bands give you. But I don't know. I don't really like jam bands, but I love fish. <laughs> well, I do have to recommend the band goose because, uh, they're the, they're the only other jam band that I really have listened to. And like, I saw I, they're from Connecticut, which is where I'm from. And I actually was able to catch one of their shows uh, a couple months ago. That's the other funny thing about watching jam bands live is like, Oh, these, these shows are different. Like these, they're, if they, if they're really doing like jamming and improvisation, like, like I definitely don't want to see more of that in, in DIY necessarily. Um, but it is fun to go to those concerts and be like, okay, this is another thing that a concert can be. That doesn't necessarily have to be what, what we do. And I don't think anybody in Teleton wants to jam and I'm, I, 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 I'm cool with that, but it's fun to go to a jam band concert and just like, I, I, I dance in a way I like move in a way that I can only do when I'm listening to fish, when I'm at a fish show. And like, if somebody videotaped me, of course, I have no shame about this, but if somebody videotaped me, I would, it, it would maybe like go, go viral of being like white, white, dumb, dumb looking loser grooving his ass off on, on a lawn. Yeah, but to, that's, like, that's the whole concert that, doing that. People are, <laughs> I know. And everybody's doing it and everybody's having a blast. I've also met really cool people. Like it's not, none of us are big into, you know, drugs or, or, or anything, but, but it's just, they're just fun to fun to go to and like meet people and everybody is there's of course there's like each scene the jam band scene has its own assholes but everybody's interesting and like there's a with fish especially there's a good mix of of like walks of life that people come from there's young people there's old people there's it's just fun to go to um i just hope and i, and I hope that that everybody at these shows are since they're outside i'm not too nervous but i hope people are vaxxed up and if they're not i hope they're masked up it's going to be a little bit weird going to a fish show post pandemic, but I'm stoked. I'm like really stoked. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. I was supposed to go to one of the Atlantic city dates last year, but that didn't end up happening obviously. And then I just ended up passing on it. <laughs> and they're going to the West coast this fall. I think. Yeah. I do have tickets to uh Trey Anastasio band in Connecticut though. in like September. Hey, t- Trey Anastasio band, AKA tab seen them like three times great time it's it's like the best fish experience you can get that's not fish i would say so you'll have a blast it's like it's like its own thing that dude is like an amazingly talented person and just seems like a really cool guy have you seen this is now the fish podcast yeah, apparently. I'm, I'm i'm hijacking <laughs> I'm, down, I'm down for that <laughs> okay cool cool we're gonna get we're gonna get blacklisted from 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 the scene after this so you can join my pirate ship of, of, of fish fans, but um, there's a documentary about Trey Anastasio called between me and my minds uh, that came out a couple years ago. And he just seems like it's such a nice down to earth dude. And it's like, this dude is so insanely rich, <laughs> you know, but he's like doing good things. There's an amazing part of that movie where like this dude stops him on the street. And at first he's like, of course being nice to him and everything. But then he's like, the, the dude on the street is like, Hey, I'm 10 days clean from heroin. And your music has helped me so much. And Trey like immediately is just like, Hey, to the cameraman, he's, he's like, Hey, I'll be right back. And he like goes and talks to the guy. And it's just like that. He didn't need to do that, but it's just so cool 
that like he's like talking to him about his like sobriety journey and like like it's just like that dude that dude is like a a a a rich extremely successful musician who hasn't lost sight of who he is and i think that's something that anybody can aspire to that's a good documentary even if you're not a fish fan i bet it would convert some people who are skeptical okay Okay, I will stop talking about fish. Okay, now. and I'll uh, I'll bring it back to telephone for one sec because I just have to ask what happened to House of the Future. House of the Future Part Three is out. It is. Look it up on YouTube. Yeah, it oh. was a pan- that was actually a pandemic song. Oh shit! I don't know how I missed that. Do you think I just hit it somewhere? No, Where it's it's I? um no, it's okay. It was just a, <laughs> it was more of like a Kevin Kevin solo song, but like Alex mixed it and we it's a, it's a little bit it's like an acoustic song and. Yeah, House of the Future. I, I figure that a lot of people have that question, Scott, and I hope they will do some sleuthing on their own to find out. I'll uh, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> hey, perfect, perfect. Yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I always wrap up the same way, which is uh, by asking for just a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about lately that you want to share, whether it's you know music or life or whatever else. What if I just said? whatever you do take care of your shoes which is a fish which is a fish reference Boom. that would be really obnoxious <laughs> just kidding no i'm gonna think of something i'm gonna think of something but it's gonna take me a second no worries um i mean let's tie it back to the back to the album this is i would say this album is a and, and this will become a piece of advice i promise but this telethon album is something that none of us knew what it was going to look like or be by the end of uh, in its in its final state, like when we started it, we had we knew a very basic skeleton of what it might be, but we didn't know what it was called. We didn't know what any of the songs were going to be about or anything. We just started working on it, and uh, under a year later, it became this this piece, you know, this cohesive piece that we're all super proud of. We think it's our best work that didn't it wasn't by like it didn't it didn't take a ton of planning it's like kind of the opposite like in this case it was it was like we just we just tried to make something that was uh authentically like a, a, an authentic document of where we are at right now and i think i will i will personally take that as advice for myself in the future of like you don't need to have a huge game plan for your life or whatever you're doing if you do that's great you know and i think there's there's a lot of power to to going at it and and putting your head down and working on a plan but let's say you're kind of in a place like we all were in 2020 and you have no plan you're like what the fuck is going on like you can just start working on something and eventually if you just keep working at it it's going to turn into something that is that you that you can be proud of and and only you can define if you're proud of it and i am I love that we did that on this, this record. And, and I hope that people, whether they're making music or if they're just you know, doing anything, I hope people will, will, I hope, I hope people will be a little bit looser and less rigid about, about the way that they, I don't know, frame their lives a little bit. Um, and I think that's, that's a good, good, good advice. So, so would you say they have to surrender to the flow? Yes. Surrender <laughs> to the flow. I, it's all been in there. It's been in there for so long. It's just a, the, the, we just have to listen. I guess the real advice is just like go through fish lyrics and, and, uh, and read them and, and think about what they mean, which will actually, that is not advice I would give anybody because <laughs> a lot of those lyrics are just straight up nonsensical. Uh, so, so don't do that, but, but yes, surrender to the flow of your own life and, and, 
and yeah, just let, let things happen. And I know that sounds, I know people say a version of that all the time and it probably sounds like hippy dippy, but, but part of, but another thing about the record is, is like, it's, it's a lot about just, even if, even if you're anxious and you feel like your world is ending to just, there is power and in just trying and in, in just kind of being optimistically nihilistic about it and just being like, well, whatever happens is going to happen. It's probably happened before. And probably it's, it's probably been fine in the past when it's happened. Like, even if, even if this big calamity happens, like what's, it's probably not going to be that bad. And I guess I just need to, you know, try to get to sleep and not, not, not worry, not worry. So that's another piece of advice. I snuck, snuck that. And it's like, it's like, try to optimistic nihilism it can be helpful it can also be harmful but let's just talk about the helpful piece of it for, for now and just 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 trust that you're you yourself are going to make things okay for yourself you have your best interest in mind we are really counting down now to triple digits of the show which will also mark the two-year anniversary and feature a new theme song that i absolutely can't wait to share Listening back to my first episode with Telethon, as well as getting this one edited, made me realize even more what a special thing Fly McCall is to me. I'm doing things exactly the way I want, and I think it really shows in the special conversations I have. I'm so glad it resonates with people, and thank you so much for tuning in to learn more about the musicians that have had an impact on my life. If you haven't checked out Telethon's newest, Smart Up Past the Breakers, I don't know what you're doing with your life, and you better go do it right this second. Fly McCall is brought to you by Sound Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyMcCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyMcCallPod at gmail.com. Whatever you do, take care of your shoes. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 